Barack, welcome to Boss. Hi, Ali. Nice to see you again, and thank you for the opportunity. For anyone who has not seen Boss yet, Boss is my amazing executive interview series on LinkedIn that is now a podcast. I interview my incredible network to help others learn, network, and pay it forward. So let's get started. My semi-funny, semi-cynical view is that I work on those quote-unquote esoteric things like AI and large language models long before they became the hottest thing on earth. On more serious note, I worked on first ever what we now call large language model product, Google Translate, in 2015, 2016, launched it and also worked on AI and large language models on Google Search, ads and cloud. That's kind of my probably claim to fame, so to speak. I love that. I mean, everyone is talking about AI, but you've been talking about and thinking about and doing AI well before it became more accessible to marketers and people who could just go into ChatGPT and start to see some of those use cases, which is so exciting, which takes me to how did we meet? Do you remember? Yes, I do remember. It's also related to AI. That was the first wave of AI hype. I believe it was 2018. Our mutual friend Shelly Palmer invited me to give a keynote uh, about AI mm-hmm. in New York. And I think we met there. I remember being really interested and engaged in your presentation. I don't think I had any idea what AI would mean to me and just the world merely a few short years later. How did you get to where you are now? Many years in technology industry doing stuff that later would be called AI. At that time, we didn't even call it AI. I was at Google and uh, somebody who was my boss and then became my peer kind of pitched me a role. And I was kind of skeptical. And that was Google Travel. It was the first, uh, the first AI product at that time. It was like, let's call it old version of AI, maybe ML. And I was kind of skeptical and not sure, etc. But then I kind of, felt it's an amazing product that if you just bring the power of more, I'm a product executive, so more more kind of product thinking, et cetera, and focus on the customer, you can really take this product forward. And I was so I was so lucky also and very proud that because when I joined, it was around 500 million active users, but we more than quadrupled the user base, so like multi, multi-billion monthly active user products, and obviously was part of two waves of the AI revolution. I believe a lot of my kind of claim to fame when my experience coming from being at AI very early. And that's probably where a lot of my professional career got shaped. Yeah. And then how did it continue to translate into where where you are now? Great question. After 10 years at Google leading what's called Languages AI product group, working on all those amazing pro- product, Google Translate and also Google Search ads and bringing the cloud, bringing... I, I joined a late stage startup in computer vision AI uh, um, area uh, led both product engineering and research team. Then I did a short stint as an executive resident in the VC community because VCs obviously want to join this AI craze and want to figure out what's going on. And then one of the Google execs joined Cisco and she reached out and had pretty interesting and amazing roles that I'm doing now. I'm now leading uh, AI area for one of the biggest business units in Cisco. That's amazing. AI is a big topic. Everyone's talking about it. What does AI mean to you? And how should leaders be thinking about using AI? I will share my screen. I think the visual would be really powerful. There's two dimensions uh, that I believe you should look at AI. The most important was what I call fluency, because people suddenly discovered that machines could generate an output, let's say sentences, 
or images that are comparable or better than average or even very talented human. That's an amazing technological achievement that is frankly not new, but for a wider organization of AI happened with pretty clever user experience that ChatGPT uh, launched. And suddenly people saw, oh my God, machines can talk like humans, can generate stuff like humans. But one thing people forget that being very fluent, meaning being very polished and very confident in your communication doesn't mean you're very accurate. It's a person that can talk about any topic in an amazing manner, very charismatically, literally any topic in the world. The moment you ask them a question, they don't know the answer, they just make stuff up on the spot. But because they're so confident in portions of delivery, you basically fall for it. And it's a very dangerous situation, regardless of the intent. A lot of conarchies have the skill. When people come and try to understand executive investors, what use cases will be influenced or disrupted by AI, it's very important to look at this across two dimensions. We see green bubbles. That is more what I call creative creativity field. It's like composing music, writing a review. There is no really right or wrong answers in many cases. It's very subjective. And the good story is everything. So that's where uh, actually like generative AI and LLMs will really excel. When you go to things on the other extremes, the red bubbles on the right, where you actually need high accuracy, you're asking, what is the earnings growth of Google in the last 10 years? Or I want to buy a dishwasher, give me a recommendation. It's not that story is not important, but if the story comes on expensive accuracy, it's completely yeah. useless product, right? And that's much harder for large language models or AI to do because AI could be wrong, right? One bucket is what I call creator and workplace productivity use case. This is creating scripts, creating videos, writing business memo email, the perfect spot for large language models to start with. The use case, what I call information slash decision support use case that are high stakes. Give me an answer that will make my critical business decision. That's way harder and that will take time. So that's kind of my high level framework view how to evaluate where, what industries, what use cases will be disrupted by AI. I think that's great to make it personal. It basically is helping you not have a fear of a blank white page anymore. Yes. Yes. Which is creativity in many cases. I am personally using it to help me write the, the marketing copy for boss. I am using it to summarize my notes. I am using it to compose more complicated or important emails that I'd be thinking about for a while. I heard somebody else say this recently, AI, especially in some of those low risk use cases is basically having a thousand interns And if you can prompt them or train them properly, you are actually going to get something really impactful, but you still need to check it because there might be something there that is going to be not supporting your use case or is not correct. You say that really well. You, to some extent, intuitively repeated my framework. You were using it for creativity use case and for productivity use case. Less about making critical business or personal decisions. You might use it. But personal and business decisions will require much more fact-checking, et cetera. You're absolutely right. I love that. How do you, how do you explain AI to like a five-year-old or a fifth grader? I'm a high-level explainer. It's technology that helps you to complete the sentence. Think about a Mad Leaps game. You hide some words and ask them to complete the sentence. That's basically what large language model does. And in many cases, it's amazing results because it completes the sense of create a lot of things that you have not thought about. That said, there is, it's, it's not a human being that doesn't understand what's right or wrong, or maybe understands it on a level of five-year-old, 
like distinguishing this right or wrong is still not very developed. And that's part of the challenge that it will provide an answer. It might make no sense, but it will still provide an answer. You've led multiple successful technology companies throughout your career. Can you share one key lesson or a tactical strategy that has consistently contributed to your success and how you've applied it? I believe the, the main thing that I learned hard way is that focus on customer value. For example, you look at today world and AI hype. So really focus AI, like any technology, needs to solve a value for a user or for a customer. So I really focus on that. It's more kind of a practical approach to technology, but I believe it's a winning approach to technology. Yeah. Is there another advice or anything else? Uh, we are living in a huge tra transformational time that anything we thought about, even, you know, technology stack, how it looks like. Before that was like, you know, mainframe and then was PC and then was cloud. AI changes everything. We live in a time of tremendous change that only started. So it's very important to be agile and open to change. I think that's another thing that is very important that was helpful for me in my career. What additional trends? are you seeing across the business landscape right now? AI will transform everything. It transforms the skills that will be needed to transform business. Transform. I believe that within three to five years, any company that has sizable customer base would, would need, like must, to make their entire knowledge basis, like how they, how they serve the customers, accessible and served by large language models across all channels, could be emails, could be documents, could be chats, could be calls, everything, right? Companies that will do that, I think, will be the winners in the space. But on the fear side, companies that will not embrace this new paradigm, I believe, will face the risk of being disrupted by competitors that will deliver much better customer experience and much, much lower cost, leveraging generative algorithm. An example, if, for example, Verizon is slow, but T-Mobile is doing that, they will have way better customer service agents in terms of customer satisfaction, and the cost will be fraction of Verizon. That's a very dangerous outcome. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I have this kind of a slogan, be ready to chat GPT your competition before your competition chat GPTs you. Mm. <laughs> I love that. What does the future of work or just work look like to you? Uh, AI augmenting human skills to give people new superpowers. One piece of advice for future bosses. Uh, be ready to disrupt yourself. One thing you'll commit to do in 2024 to help pay it forward. Uh, I commit to publish more of my thoughts about this fascinating world of AI and my tremendous experience about it. What do you want to be known for over the next six to 12 months? Driving AI revolution in the space of what I mentioned, customer service interactions, but specifically in networking, security, and IT domains where, where, it's like, where Cisco is. How can I help you pay it forward? on something. I think you like my slogan, but like the more you spread the word about be ready to chat GPT your competition or a competition will chat GPT you. Finally, anything else that you want to say or share with me on this amazing LinkedIn boss interview? Yeah, so I believe we live at a time of amazing, but for many people, scary change brought by or facilitated by AI. It was so wonderful to have this conversation, to reconnect. Everyone should be watching, sharing, commenting. I want to hear what everyone else is listening to or looking at when it comes to AI. Thank you. Thanks all.